0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Katz and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
1: Well, welcome to uh, almost the busiest day of the year, uh, Rita, and uh, welcome to... uh, Catching Cosby
2: and. By the way, can I say part of the reason it's busy? We're going to get to in a moment, but you made a lot of news, so oh, that, you, you're lot keeping lot us news. busy.
1: It's <laughs> unbelievable. In the studio right now, we have Judge Richard Weinberg. We have uh, Deputy Mayor uh, Rudy Washington, former Deputy Mayor, but I never say former. You were deputy, the Deputy Mayor well, I, under Rudy I, Giuliani.
3: I have a higher title yet.
1: Tell us the highest title.
3: Uh, grandson to the great 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 George Washington. No, yeah. it's, uh, no, no, it's <laughs> great, great, great great great
1: great grandson to uh, George Washington. Now, that commands a but, lot of respect. Yes, okay. especially you're, in California. You're, you're the <laughs> side of George Washington. There you go. <laughs> And and uh, I understand uh, Governor Pataki is in the studio someplace, and he may stop in.
2: Yeah, and we're also going to have uh Jimmy Petronis, uh who is the CFO of Florida, mm. which we can learn a lot from, uh, sadly, these days. With he's going visiting on. New York, and uh, he's here for Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, I'm glad he's visiting New York. Most New Yorkers visit Florida. I know. That's why I am uh, glad that he's here. By the way, John, I want to get to, you did an amazing discussion, Um and uh, Arthur Rosen produced or directed it of CollabNet, uh, this incredible discussion that you did one-on-one with Mayor Eric Adams. And you hit so many really important topics, and boy, are there a lot of them. I want to play a little clip, John, because first off, uh, you're talking about obviously so many people worried about security, crime, everything happening in New York and immediately he recognizes that that is a huge issue. Here's a little bit of your discussion that's uh, making a lot of headlines, and the mayor, I thought, was terrific. Take a listen.
4: I had one vision for this city that I believe we can build everything on top of, and that was public safety. Public safety is a prerequisite to our prosperity. No matter how well we're doing as a city, if we are not safe, we cannot enjoy our success. Our children must be able to go to school safely. Your employees must be able to get in their workplace safely. The commuters on our railways must move safely. And that is what we took upon January 1st, 2022, when I became mayor.
1: Well, I had uh, this morning, uh, we did a uh, Zoom call with Mayor, uh, 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 you know. um, Mayor Eric Adams, uh, yeah. Mayor Adams. Yeah, it was great. And and we had like 300, 350 business people. Wow. Wow. And, uh, Arthur Rosenfeld, uh, uh, produced it, uh, and, uh, directed it, and, uh.
2: Like Cecil B. DeMille. And, and like create, Cecil B. DeMille. Well, and, and, and created it. Yeah, that's the end. And, and but, it was powerful, too, because yeah. you got to a full range. You know, he talked about, John, here, a uh, safety, the way, the, which the is key. The entire,
1: the uh, entire, uh, audio, uh, and video, maybe, I'm not sure, because it was a Zoom call, will be on the WABC website, uh, for, uh, everybody to listen to and watch. Uh, and that's a there's w- another and, clip. Yep, and that's but,
2: wabcradio.com, everybody. So check that out because that's important. And
1: uh, we'll also put it on J-Cax 2013. Ooh, oh, wow. Then you know it's going to get a
2: lot of traction. I've never given that out before. Wow. Jay, wow. wow, no, Top the, the, secret. So let's hear the second clip. Yep. And here is where he talks about, obviously, what's going on with the border, uh, the migrant crisis, because that is, of course, making a lot of headlines and a lot of interesting discussion about the cost of migrants. Here is what the oh, mayor shit. said with John just a few moments ago.
4: Our number one issue that we must face right now that I need smart business leaders like yourselves is to help me address the asylum seeker issue. 142,000 migrants and asylum seekers entered our city. We have been successful. Again, 50% of them stabilized, but we still have over 65,000 that's still in our care. We need to allow them to work, to fill the employment positions that many of you have, and we need to ask the federal government to one have a decompression strategy so the other cities, counties, and municipalities can also burden this weight. Two, they need to pay for this. This is a national problem. New York City's taxpayers should not be paying uh, this cost. And three, we need to make sure we secure our border in a manner which we're vetting who's coming in so it does not become a public safety a public safety issue.
1: And, uh, by the way, uh, walking in, uh, we have uh, Jimmy Petronis, the CFO of Florida, with his two children. Uh, and uh, uh, welcome to New York.
5: We're going to help your economy.
1: Well, I <laughs> you. I just have to read it. Usually, everybody from New York is in Florida. Welcome to New York. You brought your two kids. Tell me their names. Yep. So uh, and uh, they, uh, they're going to watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I understand. They,
5: they are. So my youngest is Johnny. Okay, Johnny, he's thirteen, I know. and then my eldest is Theo. He's fifteen. Johnny's aspiring to get on the radio. He's actually starting his own podcast. So wow, he's uh, he's all pumped up about this. So this was an exciting. Well, opportunity. you send us your
1: podcast. We'll put it on WABC. We got twenty million viewers or listeners uh, a month. So I awesome. love
5: your panda tie. I <laughs> love your panda tie. We're
1: doing the big panda thing
2: tonight.
5: Yeah, that I tell you. There's, uh, there's a lot to be said by your offer. Sometimes you need an adult in the room to kind of break that loose. Best of luck.
2: Yeah, it's yes. important. And by the way, let's. I just want to, because you're talking about pandas, John made tons of headlines talking about having China loan the pandas to New York City. John, yeah. talk about why that's such a big deal, because it's making a lot of headlines. Yeah, I
1: think, you know... We're missing a few tourists in New York right now. Uh, Thanks to so. Florida. Wait we a had, minute, Jimmy. If
2: we,
1: if I think Florida took them all. I think uh, so. You know, if we had pandas in New York, uh, whether it's Central Park or the Bronx Zoo or the Prospect Park, yeah. guess what? I think we'll have 10 million extra tourists a year.
5: Yeah, that's right. I tell you, it, 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 it broke my heart in how broken things have gotten to Washington where the Chinese have asked for them back. You know, and I think it's well, somebody like your stature, week, your ability the, to make it happen.
1: But last week, the ambassador I know from New York, Ambassador mm-hmm. Huang, uh, was in San Francisco with President Xi, and I asked him to, to speak to, uh, uh,
2: Hold on, we got Governor Pataki stepping wow, in. Wow, this is a full studio, we got another guys. seat for you here. This is a full studio. How great Welcome, to Governor see Pataki. you, Governor, too. Wow. Thank you very much. Wait, did, did you so meet our, our new Patronus? and our future CFO talent? CFO of Florida. Let's see you, sir. And yeah. also future talent, Johnny and Theo Johnny over and there. Theo.
6: Hey, Johnny and Theo. If, uh, if you want to run for office, let me know. I'll try to help you.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, they want to be radio hosts. At least, at least Johnny at does, Johnny right? Does. Yeah, Johnny well, does. Well, radio the host you come see us. Yeah, uh, p- political. You go see that. Exactly, <laughs> it's great to see you yeah. guys. They didn't get you guys chairs?
5: No, I totally
2: can stand up. Yeah, we're working on that. Uh, by the way, John, we also have um, another clip. I want to play it real quick. By the way, there's yes. one clip. Uh, I did a 45
1: minute uh, uh, audio video with the Zoom uh, with Eric Adams this morning, Mayor. And at one point, I was t- I talked about you. Oh yes, oh. I talked. I said I said Mayor Adams. Jimmy Petronas from, uh, uh, Florida says, uh, do you have the clip? Yeah, we got the let's clip. Wait, club. Yeah, let's see it. Here it is. I had Jimmy Petronis on my show the other day. He's the CFO of Florida and he's bragging that they're going to make Miami the capital, the financial capital of the world. I said, Jimmy, I said to him, New York is the financial capital of the world. What would you
4: say to Jimmy Petronas? Well, you know what? We like a, a, some good, friendly competitiveness. Uh That is what uh, America is about. It's about the best will always emerge from the top. When I sit down with rural leaders during the U.N. General Assembly, I sit down with mayors across the globe, with other uh, leaders, heads of state. Uh, no one uh, disputes the fact that New York City is number one. They argue about number two and number three. But when it comes down to what is the top city on the globe, everyone understands it's New York.
2: <laughs> what do
4: you and say? I, Jimmy, Jimmy, I
1: said, I said, me and you said that Miami could be the capital of 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 North America and South America.
5: Yeah, I I agree and and I don't know what's what's New York number 1 for. He he's got to he's got to elaborate. I pizza, mean pizza <laughs> pizza, pizza, I'll take it.
2: Pizza, the best pizza ever. Uh,
6: let me let me say in response to that clip. Mayor Adams is right. New York City is the financial of the world, capital of the world today. The problem is, where is it going to be 10 years from now? And unless we get better leaders, and unless we lower the tax burden and reduce the criminal system, the uh, criminality on the streets of New York, Florida may well, Miami may well be the the financial capital of the future. You can't rely on your past achievements. You have to have a future vision.
1: Uh, Jimmy, uh, a couple of days ago when we were on together, you gave me some statistics of what's going on in Miami. Tell us again.
5: So we have had a migration. Florida, uh, last year was the first time in the history of the state that we've crossed over 400,000 new net Floridians. And they're coming from the New Yorks, the New Jerseys, Illinois. We have gotten $39 billion in new recurring wealth into the state. So people are not only moving to the state of Florida, they're bringing their money with them. Yeah. And, and, and look with, with the different, uh, uh, well, we had, I think 39 financial, uh, hedge fund uh, companies. Have moved a office or moved their headquarters to Florida in the last year.
6: You know what's going wow. to happen. Yeah, man. in the last year, in the last three years, over a trillion dollars and trillion dollars in managed resources wow. have moved from New York to right. Miami. Now uh, to it, wow. Florida. We also it,
1: have Professor Dershowitz on, and we're going to have him on in a second. But there was some breaking news uh, a little while ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is actually big breaking stuff.
0: News WABC.
2: Uh, the chief of Binance, which is a crypto exchange, Chang Jing Zhao, has pled guilty to money laundering and will have to pay a $4.3 billion fine. Isn't that amazing? Now, now here's the root of now, it all. For everybody yes. that wants to know my opinion, my
1: opinion, why Bitcoins went from 16000 back to 37000 well, I understand every terrorist... Every drug dealer, yes. every yes. crooked prime minister has been
2: putting their money into bitcoins. And to accent your point, John, uh, Binance, apparently, according to multiple reports, is the, loca- the exchange of choice where Hamas and a whole bunch of others have been using their financing. What's really important about this, guys, is the fact that he has done this plea deal, he's paying this amount, They're going to get access to the books. And as a chief financial officer, Jimmy, that means we may be able to find out, because of this massive plea deal, find out where some money has been going, who's been doing the funding of Hamas and some of these other Islamic jihad and other terrorist groups. That's a really big deal. The books could open and we could find out who's funding some of this horrible terrorism and hate across the globe. You know,
3: Rita, uh, they're probably the largest in the world. Uh,
1: trading 12 platform. $12 billion dollars, right. uh, What a week, a month? What yeah, let's that? find out.
3: It and, was a lot. And they were banned in America now for, I think, two years, probably during the duration of the investigation. But um,
2: they reached the deal with DOJ, and yeah. you know the feds are not just going to cut a deal. They apparently are getting well, access to the mean, books. The
1: question is, all the money we're sending overseas to, to, to the prime ministers, does that
2: mean some of it is in Bitcoin? Uh, it might be, John. No, By the yeah. way, uh, you mean that little, uh, you know, uh, South American account, or uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> you know, Central, Malta, Central Malta, Central America? Cyprus, oh. and, 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 and you know, <laughs> South John, America, Central America. It should
3: not be missed upon us what uh, Jimmy was just saying about the amount of people, because what he just said was another congressional seat.
5: That's right. Yes. That's right. You yes.
3: Know, uh, that's. And it's going to come out of our hides. Well, and we saw it before. like what happened uh, yeah. with
1: Florida the and California. The chairman of Homeland Security, Mark Green, from Tennessee, will be on later on our show. And we, we let him know about this. And uh,
2: uh, he was... Uh... By the way, he was impressed. We started the interview. And John said, hey, by the way, you know about this bust that just happened? He said, oh, my God, we're going to look into this. So uh, so you're sitting next to the future chairman of the Homeland Security Committee right here. Well, we have Professor Dershowitz on? Yes, he, is, on. he has joined us. We have Professor Alan Dershowitz, of course, Harvard Law School Professor Emeritus, and also uh, the author of so many great books. Professor Dershowitz, really quick, because your new book, of course, is The War Against Jews. Uh, there has been some big action of late, um, especially going after some of these protests you have been on the front lines by the way did you see the comments that susan sarandon made apparently she's now been cut just in the last few minutes uh there's a report that she's been cut from yes. her hollywood agency because her comments saying now uh jews know what muslims feel like every day people are like offended incredibly
7: well she's uh, been a racist an anti-semitic racist for many many years and i know even people in her building now in new york are are worried about her being a neighbor because she has said she wants Jews to be afraid. Now, if I have grandkids living in her building and she wants Jews to be afraid, I don't want her in my building. I sure don't want her in my company. I sure don't want her in my films. And the real question is, has she contributed to Hamas? Because as we know, anybody who gives one penny to Hamas has committed a federal crime. And I think that some of these um, methods of giving money that are untraceable, I hope will come out in this plea bargain, and we'll see who's been using these various alternative methods of paying to get money for Hamas. And it doesn't have to be direct. It can be indirect. And my view is if you send money to Gaza now, you're sending it to Hamas, and you know that. Now, of course, the stepdaughter of the vice president of the United States Um, is in charge of a charity that sends money to uh, Gaza. And uh, we have to look and see. Uh, You're entitled to send money if you think it's really going to help kids. But if you know that that money is going to be stifled off and used to send rockets into Israel, you better be watching a little bit over your shoulder as to whether the Justice Department is going to be looking into it. Because anybody who provides material support for a designated terrorist group is guilty of a crime
2: now do you also what do you think about also some of these agencies some of these u.n agencies that also uh, have been giving funds you know i mean me t- that's amazing and it's coming by the way some of the money is coming from the white house to these u.n agencies and now it's and it turns out it's teaching this preaching hate and education there that's creating uh, this generations to come against israel
7: Well, look, I wouldn't give one nickel to the International Red Cross. I used to give to the International Red Cross, and then I did a little research and found that, of course, they were pro-Hitler and pro-Nazi during the Second World War. They deliberately covered up Hitler's crimes during the Second World War, and now they seem to be pro-Hamas. Now, I know that one of the deals that has been made to free hostages includes maybe the International Red Cross interviewing some of these hostages, But they haven't done it up to now. That's what they're supposed to do. They immediately go to Israel and interview anybody who's in jail in Israel. But when Hamas holds people, the International Red Cross has not done its job, nor have many of these other groups, even Doctors Without Borders, has been covering up for Hamas crimes. Every doctor in every Gaza hospital had to know that their hospitals were being used to house Hamas soldiers and rockets and terrorists, etc. And they've looked at the TV cameras and they've lied through their teeth, saying, "Oh, we we never saw, we never knew there was a Hamas person." There's a videotape of a Hamas guy wearing a Hamas uniform, walking into the front door like he owns it, carrying an R- RPG, carrying a rocket launcher, as if it happens every single day. So, of course, every doctor who worked there, and there's a doctor from England who worked there for three months, has said everybody knew that there were places in the hospital where you couldn't go because Hamas was guarding it, and if you went there, you'd get killed. So there's a lot of people who are responsible, a lot of people who are at fault. The United Nations itself, the Secretary General of the United Nations, has provided aid to Hamas by some of the things that he said, and the United Nations has acted disgracefully. You know what I've even once said about the U.N.? If Algeria introduced a resolution that the earth is flat and that Israel flattened, that it would win 126 and 78 with 23 abstentions, and he could name every one of the countries that would vote for it, abstain, or vote negative to it. That's how horrible. The yeah, American they've States had such a history. In terms um, of and
2: Israel everybody, and um, we're yeah. talking to Professor Alan Dershowitz, Judge Weinberg. Alan, it's Richard
8: Weinberg. Let me ask you a question. The negotiations sure. going on right now, but a yeah. hostage exchange, what are your thoughts on that?
7: Well, I don't like it. I wish that uh, that the United States and Israel had both 30 years ago, 40 years ago, announced unequivocally, we do not negotiate with terrorists. End sentence, end paragraph, end page, end book. That's it. I think there'd be fewer negotiations, fewer hostages taken, but we've gone down a different road. Now we negotiate. And so Israel has no choice because it's democracy. If you're not a democracy, you don't have to listen to the cries of the parents and relatives of the hostages, but if you're a democracy, you have to. In uh, the end, do these things improve or, or, or hurt the situation? When uh, when Gilad, the young man, was exchanged for 1,500 murderers, that was not a good deal. Yeah, yeah. and that was the
2: IDF uh, soldier, of yeah. course, years ago. Yeah. Professor yeah. Dershowitz, we uh, have Rudy Washington, former deputy mayor of New York. Y- yes, Professor,
3: how, how are you? Um, good, and you... You know, I've been listening to some of these college students uh, when they interview them, and I'm just amazed at how uninformed they are. I heard one young lady said, Netanyahu needs to release the hostages. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. That's not surprising. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and nobody... Nobody's really looking at TikTok. We know that that's a Chinese platform. Oh, no, they are. Program. They're looking at, they're praising Bin Laden on TikTok. Right. Well, they're the ones I, programming our young people. So when we hear know. those kind of comments, you know, we really need to think about that. Professor and Joshua, that's a great
7: point. Co- college instructors are no longer teaching their students how to think. They're propagandizing them and telling them what to think. Many, not all, but many. And the schools are part of the problem. They've created structural anti-Semitism, anti-Israel, and anti-American attitudes. Everybody is a colonialist. Everybody who's white has privilege. Uh, It's become so doctrinaire and so propagandistic that white people are spending $70,000 sending their kids to college. Now, if they take STEM, okay, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, they can learn something. But if you take political science or if you take history, you're not learning anything now. You're being told what the history is supposed to be, even if it bears no relationship to the truth. It's politically correct propaganda. And that's been a terrible thing at major universities. And these are our future leaders. 20 years from now, these people will be running for president.
3: All right, I'll be sitting on the bench, Professor. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. the scary part. Yeah, yeah that's for yeah.
2: sure, Professor right. Dershowitz. Right. Thank you very, oh, very much.
7: Pleasure. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
3: Yeah, Thanksgiving.
2: you too. Always great to have you on. And his new book again is War Against the Jews. Let's take a break, and when we come back, yeah, we have Congressman Anthony D. S. Basito and he has. Any some... more breaking news? I'm getting. You don't have enough breaking news, Rita. Yeah, you're right. We need thirty more things. Right. <laughs> we need more people in the studio. let a full house. Come back.
0: <laughs>
6: PriorityGoldGuide.com.
0: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. We have a full house. We have, of course, Judge Richard Weinberg. We've got Jimmy Petronas, who's the CFO. And also head of the fire department there in Florida. We have former governor George Pataki. We're so thrilled to have you. And also former deputy mayor of New York, Rudy Washington, related to George Washington. <laughs> so he says. um And we bring in now here Congressman Anthony D. Esposito of New York. Uh, Congressman, you know, we were just talking with Professor Dershowitz about, obviously, uh some of the anti-Semitic rhetoric. You're pushing to ban the phrase, um, there's some efforts there to ban the phrase river to the sea, which so many uh, people I know of Jewish faith just find it reprehensible, that comment, because it means wiping out Israel. Uh, that's what essentially it means. Uh, your thoughts about uh, where this is going and why it's so important?
9: Well, I think, you know, it's a, it's a blatant call for the destruction of Israel uh, and its people. And in the situation that we're in right now, not only across this country, but really across the world, I think we need to start uh, putting people in their place uh, that continue to spew hate. And I think this is a step in that direction uh, In that this will make it to the House floor uh, and members will have to vote. And, and this is not a very difficult resolution. It is either you are for Israel and its people or you're not for Israel and its people. And I look forward to seeing the votes cast that day to see exactly where my colleagues stand, because it's very easy to be home in your district or sit in your office in Washington, D.C., and send out uh, tweets and put out uh, fancy press releases saying that you are for Israel. And it's another thing to actually cast a vote. And as we've seen, members of Congress, some of them have been the most vile of spewing hate and flaming the fires of hatred in this country.
2: When is that going to happen? When is that vote going to happen?
9: We don't know. It was just introduced earlier today. Obviously, we're, we're not in session. We don't go back until... Uh, the Monday night after Thanksgiving. So um, it was introduced today. The clerk has it. Uh, I've been in conversations with leadership, uh, and I'm hoping, you know, we we have some other other pressing issues uh, facing New York politics and New York 3 when we get back. But hopefully, uh, immediately following that, we'll get it on the floor.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, what the squad members do. Uh, And joining us, uh, Congressman, I think you know this guy, uh, former New York Governor George Pataki.
6: Yeah, Hi, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you for the tremendous job you're doing fighting for Nassau County in New York, down in, down in Washington. Just a, a follow-up to your idea on the, the bill you're proposing. What about legislation that would prevent federal aid to universities that tolerate organizations that have written or adopted resolutions in support uh, of Hamas?
9: I absolutely agree. It's something that we've, uh, we've already been working on. Obviously, in New York with the with the SUNY and the CUNY system, they have been some of the, uh, you know, the biggest issues that we're facing. I mean, it, it's scary. But when you when you talk about anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric and, and the hate that is spewed and it's unfortunate that the really ground zero for some of that hate is right in our uh, in, in our educational institutions, both SUNY and CUNY. And, and this was prior to the terrorist attacks in uh, in Israel,
6: absolutely, Congressman. And if I if I were governor, they would not be uh, on the campuses anymore. But, uh, Bravo. but There's no reason why Washington can't cut off student aid or cut off other federal aid to to any campus, public or private, that tolerates this type of anti
2: Semitism. That's right,
9: Governor. You're absolutely right. And if I've learned anything from a fellow Island Parker, uh, Senator Damato, always said, "Power of the purse."
2: And, uh, Jimmy, you had a thought?
5: Yeah. So this past uh, past year, legislatively, we passed a law basically saying that if you're going to have these type of protests, these organizations, the university presidents had to dissolve the groups. So, again, yeah, I know we're going to get some freedom of speech fights, but the right fights to have because they were basically we treated it the same way you would treat racism.
2: Well, very, And that's from Jimmy Petronas there in Florida. Let's go to Judge Weinberg. Congressman, good to talk to you again. What about taking away the tax benefits
8: for uh, for not, so-called not-for-profit organizations and universities? Rescind their tax benefits if they're spirited in hate.
9: I, I think you're absolutely right. I think everything is on the table at this point. Uh, we've reached a, a moment in time uh, where we're not at uh, a crossroads. We're at the crossroads. And if we don't stand up uh, to these uh, and not only individuals, but these groups and, and these elected officials. And like I said, put them in the in their place and make them realize that there is uh, no place for them to spew hate. And, you know, they could argue freedom of speech. Uh, the issue is, is that they are creating violence across this country. They are taking our places of education, our institutions, and legitimately destroying them uh, by, by putting things into uh, students' heads. Uh, that, that we're seeing, which is causing issues on, on every street corner uh, throughout this country. You know,
3: Congressman, this is Rudy Washington. I just want to commend you um, because I, I've called over the past two weeks, called a lot of my Jewish friends just to, you know, take their temperature and see how they were feeling. Because I told them, I said, if this was the Klan uh, against African-Americans picked up like this across the country, I don't know how I would feel. Uh, it would be horrible. Um, and it shouldn't, it hasn't been tolerated with the Klan and it shouldn't be tolerated with, uh, what is the term Rita? See to what is it? Uh, River to the sea river to the sea,
10: which
2: means let's eliminate Israel. That's That's what it means. Uh, and and, you know, I'll tell you, you know, this, uh, Congressman, I don't know if you know, my father grew up right outside the Warsaw ghetto and literally, saw what was happening, tried to help those inside, outside. Then they came for my father and his guys in the home army. So uh, the phrase, uh, you know, you, it's not just uh, the Jews. They're going to come for everybody next. If you don't stand on yeah. principle, Absolutely. where Absolutely. do you stand?
9: Absolutely. And to that point, you know, as someone who has grown up in the, in the public safety world, both, you know, an NYPD detective, a chief of the fire department, you know, whenever we have catastrophes, we always say never forget. I mean, you think about following the Holocaust and and so many uh, people say, never forget, never will it happen again. Well, we are at a a pivotal time in our history where this is another Holocaust. And if we have the voices and we have the ability to make sure that moving forward, we never forget. And and the reason why we never forget is not just because of the individuals who have been perished and, and brutalized by these terrorists. But we want to never forget. So it doesn't happen again. And that's what's most important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, please uh keep us posted when that vote comes up. We'll call out the names of the ones who vote against your resolution. So, uh you please keep us posted, Congressman. We want you back on when that happens, okay?
9: We'll do. Thank you all. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, thank you. To you too. And everybody stay with us cuz coming up on Cats and Cosby, we're going to have the great investigative journalist Peter Schweizer who has some stunning details about pro-Iranian sympathizers, if you will that are now still working in the federal government. Some are there, some have left, some still have security clearances. We're going to talk about that stunning report when we come back. You're commuting
0: home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. We continue, of course, with Judge Richard Weinberg. We also have the CFO of Florida, Jimmy Petronas. And Johnny and Theo, his team here, of course, his great sons, future broadcasters, and also we have New York Governor, our favorite, the former but always current with us, uh, Governor George Pataki, and also former Deputy Mayor of New York, Rudy. Washington. I never use the word former. I know that's why I fix myself because I. Oh, first God. of all, I, he's the best anyway. I feel like you're still you care so much about. I mean, you those. don't say former judge. I don't know. I, I just call him. Uh, I just call him Richard.
8: <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. Formerly formerly known as Richard. Yeah, may I call you John? Is don't, that okay? Can I call, call you John?
2: for dinner. That's, yeah, that, that's true. Never, ever, ever. Well, joining uh, do we us have? now, we have Peter Schweitzer, uh, the great investigative journalist. Uh, Peter, you had a blockbuster column. It was in Gatestone talking about how these sort of Iranian infiltrators, if you will, I call them Iranian stooges, if stooges you will. Is That's the right good, word. See, I knew you'd love that judge.
8: Can I call Peter, you a judge? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Peter, <laughs> what a great column.
2: Welcome back to the
8: show. I have to tell you, okay. I read that article. And I said, finally, somebody is speaking the truth about how our Department of Defense and our State Department is populated by Iranian stooges supporters. What are we doing? Are we totally out of our minds?
11: Yeah, no, it's remarkable. I mean, you'd think the Department of Defense and the State Department, who are designed to protect us, whether it's diplomatically or militarily, would be screening employees, would be looking at their activities and connections. Uh, but they're clearly not. Uh, and it's not just one person. It's a series of people. Um, you've got Robert Malley, who is a uh, advisor in the State Department. He's on leave right now. His security clearance was suspended. We don't quite know why. Uh, but this is a guy who has previously got into trouble for having uh, contact with Hamas. Uh, he was part of the Obama 2008, um, uh, uh, an advisor to 2008 uh, Barack Obama presidential campaign. He was let go by the Obama campaign because he had
2: unauthorized discussions with Hamas leaders. By the way, can so I just was... say one thing, Peter? And you and I have yeah. known each other how many, like 20 years? Yes, I mean, yes. you know, it's like uh it's pretty bad. If they got to get rid of uh, a guy, because Obama, I mean, Obama and (laughs) Biden, they have like leaned over. I mean, they have rolled over so much for Iran. So if they're getting rid of them, it's got to be pretty bad. (laughs) Well, this guy,
8: Miley, is the guy who negotiated the deal. Isn't that correct, Peter? Iran? That's that's
11: exactly right. And think about it. This guy was too toxic for Barack Obama. And Joe Biden says, oh, he's the guy I'm going to hire. Yeah, he's the guy for me. Yeah, so he's the one that negotiated the release of the $6 billion in frozen assets to Iran. It turns out now there was a leaked cache of, of Iranian government correspondence and emails uh, that came out that talks about something called the Iran Experts Initiative, which is a propaganda effort that they, the government of Iran created in 2014 to cultivate relationships and to develop pro-Iranian stances in foreign government, turns out two of the people working with this Iran Experts Initiative were advisors to Robert Malley at the U.S. State Department. So it goes much deeper than just Malley himself.
2: And uh, Peter Schweitzer, uh, we have Governor Pataki here as a question. Yeah, Peter, thank you again for all you're doing
6: here. Just uh, a question. Uh, I can't conceive that Biden... Uh, pays so much attention that he was the one who decided, okay, we're going to bring Mali in from the cold here. Uh, yeah. It makes me worry about the higher-ups at the State Department, uh, because yeah. it's not Biden who's making this decision. It's someone who's still uh, in an important position in the State Department. Have you looked into that at all?
11: Yeah, no, that's a great point, uh, Governor. Yeah, I mean, the decision probably was made by uh, either the Secretary of State himself, uh, Tony Blinken, a longtime uh, Biden aide, or it would have been made by one of the assistant secretaries, but it would have been made by a senior leader. But the reality is, is that, you know, people kind of knew who Robert Malley was. If you operate in in the area of Iran policy, diplomacy in the Middle East, people know who Robert Malley is. They know that he has very radical ideas. Um, he's he's very anti-Israel. He's pro-Iran. Um so when he showed up, experts in the field knew exactly what they were getting uh, when he was put in in that position. And the question is is how was this allowed to happen? Why did not some adult in the room stand up and say, "Hey, you know what? Wait a minute. Let's pick somebody that wants to carry out the president's policy, you know, whether you agree with it or not." but let's not pick a guy like this who has the baggage he has and has some of the, 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 the questionable relationships that he has with terrorist organizations like Hamas.
3: Well, uh, Peter, this is Rudy Washington, and since I have this tremendous brain trust around me right now... I probably, are you, Who are you looking at? Are you looking I'm, at me or who are you, and, and John, I'm, I'm, or who are you looking at? I'm, of course I'm looking at so he, yeah, okay. The okay. treasurer's
2: children. Yeah,
3: the children. Yeah, Theo and Johnny. Theo and Johnny. Can, can, can someone just tell me why we've been trying to change the hegemony in the Middle East. Um, Why would we empower somebody who says death to America every Friday and death to Israel? Why are we trying to do this? You have to ask Barack Obama that. I'm asking you guys, has anybody gotten to the bottom of this? We ship them skin loads of cash in the middle of the night. We arrange for them to get billions of dollars.
2: We don't enforce the sanctions. Our president
3: was going to give them $6 billion, and and the country went ballistic. We've eliminated the sanctions. They're making $2 billion a week. We know they're the prime funders of every terrorist group in the Middle East and globally. And they say to us every Friday in their prayers, death to America. What part
2: of that statement we don't understand. Yeah, Peter Schweitzer, it is an obvious—and again— Sadly, what Rudy is talking about is coming from the president of the United States. We're not talking about the president of some other country. This is our country. And we're the priorities. And they're saying, we're going to kill you. That's what I'm and saying. And we're saying, well, here goes yeah. $10 billion. Yeah, here's money. Keep <laughs> coming. And, help <right>?
4: and,
8: uh, <laughs> Peter, um, let's not forget they have open contracts out on Ambassador
1: Bolton, yep. Congressman yep. Peter King, right. and other Mike luminaries. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike. So, whenever Pompeo. Mike Pompeo is here. He has uh, six security uh, uh, people from the State Department here with him. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a huge
11: problem. And look, it is, in my mind, the oldest con in the book by tyrants overseas. We saw it, you know, during the Cold War, the Soviets were you know, peddling the line. Well, look, we're only hostile towards you because we feel threatened by you. If you give us stuff, if you're nice to us, if you appease us, everything's going to be fine. The Iranians have been running the same posture. We all know it's not true. It's, it's it's a con designed to get us to give them money, which they are then going to use to try to kill us and kill our allies. But it's a con that seems to work. And seemingly, you know, smart people, uh, diplomats, people that are running our government agencies, fall for this con all the time. And it, it's just, you know, It's like the old uh, line that Golda Meir, the great uh, prime minister of Israel, said, if somebody says they're going to kill you, believe them. Um, And that should be the posture and the position of this administration, not trying to think we can buy off the Iranians and become friends by appeasing them.
2: Yeah, real quick
6: question, Governor uh, Pataki. Peter, we're running out of time, but I want to switch gears very quickly here. Uh I'm 90 percent convinced Biden can't run for president again. He, he had his 81st birthday. He doesn't know which way to get off the stage. Look, He's d- going to d- be Dr. president.
1: Mark Siegel is coming on after this. That's He's going gonna to talk, right,
6: about I mean, talk about it. <laughs> but five years from now, the idea that five years from now, this guy is going to still be president is not going to fly. My suggestion is. Are you taking a look at Governor Gavin Newsom? Because you might have some interesting uh uh um, opportunities to look into his background because I think he will be the choice of the Democratic
2: Party. Do you know something? No, Governor I, uh, Well, <laughs> not, I, I, well I know something, but nothing about this. President I mean, right right
6: hand. Right hand. I'll oh. take a bet right <laughs> now though. Okay, president
1: right, Biden turned much. to him and said uh uh, you might be the next president. Yeah, something he did like say that. it. He did
12: say it. Exactly right. It. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he must that, know
6: something. I, and, yeah. and he met yes. she. He met she. I I think Biden stepping aside, it's it's gonna be Newsom. So Peter, you should get on that right away.
2: And he cleaned the streets for a day. That's one day. Yeah. You're, you're talking, <laughs> about, you're talking about. Talking about uh yeah uh, that, like, yep, yep. so let's now thank have, uh, let's thank peter peter thank you for joining us we appreciate you peter. it peter thank you're you great peter. thanks so much for having me thanks thank, and john the perfect segue to dr mark siegel uh, and mark siegel is a which president
1: is um healthier to be president we have do, uh, donald trump or uh B- joe biden
10: Let me answer that indirectly, guys. Let's start with a president who doesn't give billions of dollars to Iran, beef them up, allow them to develop nuclear weapons, threaten the entire Middle East. Who would that be? Well, that would not be Biden or Obama, for that matter. Okay, in terms of health... Uh, I, I thought there was a Charlie Chaplin skit recently when Biden stumbled onto the stage, bounced into the Brazilian flag, sat there using international translators that he couldn't figure out, and then left without shaking the man's hand. I mean, I think Chaplin would, would have said, that, wait a minute, this can't actually be happening. Wow. So,
6: uh, yeah, but fuck. he's on his way to a Britney Spears concert in
1: Brazil. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. He mixed up Britney and Taylor Swift. Did you see that? Yeah, it was lot like of Br- 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 and they're like Taylor Swift.
10: <laughs> so it's not it's not all about age. I think it's about fitness. I think it's about mental acuity. I think it's about cognitive function. Right now, we're in the midst of a worldwide conflict that's huge. He's not showing a strong face. He seems to be equivocating and confused. We need a strong leader. In terms of Trump's health, how far how that's concerned, you know, I've I've had a lot of inside sources on this. His, pl- his blood pressure is low. His cholesterol is well controlled. He's losing some weight. He's walking the golf course more. Uh, should he eat better? Yes, he should eat better. Is there a sense that he has a cognitive slippage going on? No. I mean, Brian Kilme asked me a really important question this morning. Is all the stress of these indictments affecting him? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But there's clearly no comparison in terms of uh, by, from where I sit. And again, I'm not in the examination room with these people, but in terms of cognitive Uh, acuity. There's no comparison here. And we certainly need that. We need some, we need a strong leader that's sure of themselves. I mean, we're not in a position right now where we can, where we can chuckle or call something a gaff.
2: Yeah, no. and, And it's also at strategic times, too. I mean, like, remember, I mean, there's just these moments that are so inappropriate. I think about right after the mass shooting that happened. And remember, he came out, it was after that horrible shooting, and he starts making a joke about ice cream. You know, it, it was so it was like, wait, you're here to announce about this horrible shooting that breaks the whole country's hearts. And he starts joking with ice cream. And then someone in the background clearly is like, uh, Mr. President, you're here about something serious. The other thing, Jimmy, too, uh, you know, it, it was his birthday yesterday. He turned 81. and He had like a what, like a firehouse on top of the uh, cake. Yeah, right? the, I mean, the cake well, is listen, no, no,
10: the but, on but, fire. Rita, I don't think it's about age. I don't want. There's plenty of people over eighty. I agree. By the way, I agree. I I work for somebody over ninety. That's incredible. That's incredible. You know who I'm talking about? So I do. I think that it's not about physical age, but look, he has atrial fibrillation, he has heart issues, he had his brain operated on a few times. That stuff has long-term cognitive consequences. He has that stiff gait that can be associated with, with slippage and thinking. I think it's clear that that he's not, a, not at whatever his A-game was back when, and I think that that matters to the American people. And by the way, to answer your other question, Gavin Newsom isn't going to be the candidate. I think I know I'm, I'm going out of my lane here, but look, it looks like Biden is going to run. So if he were to, were to win, that means Kamala Harris, doesn't it? Oh, no. Cackles. Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> that would be a whole other hour. That's why Do- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll see what happens. I, I, Dr. Mark Siegel, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> You're great. great to
5: be on with you. Thank great. you. Thank you.
2: And everybody stay with us. We've got a break. And then coming up, we have the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, Mark Green, who is going to talk about some big threats to the homeland and what he worries about uh, and also fentanyl. Huge issues coming up after the break.
0: It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And joining us now is Congressman Mark Green. He is chairman of the Committee on Homeland Security, also, by the way, a uh, retired U.S. Army major and also a doctor. Uh, Mr. Chairman, it's great to have you here. There are so many issues, especially with the border. Let's get right to it, because President Biden came out today and he said, "You know, fentanyl is deadly. It's dangerous. Somehow, we forgot to mention it comes through the wide open southern border."
12: Yeah, that's. They're, they're not going to talk about that. And first, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, but very clearly, the street. I can speak for Tennessee, my district, and, and I have a big portion of Nashville. But talking to our sheriffs, the street value of fentanyl when Joe Biden came into office was ninety-five bucks a hit. It's now down to twenty-eight bucks a hit, and that is completely because of an open border. And price determines. Well,
2: there it know, is, a
1: uh, congressman. It's uh, it's affordable. It's
12: it's the yes. biggest price. It's the only
2: price drop we've seen with Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's That's killing right. our kids.
12: One hundred percent. It's it, two hundred thousand Americans have died since this president
1: came into office. Two hundred thousand. That's that is twice as much as died in Afghanistan, Korea and uh, a Vietnam put together.
12: That's right. That's actually right. Yes, sir.
2: You know, it's frightening. And and do you see any end in sight? I mean, you are also, your committee is looking into Mayorkas. Uh, There was an opportunity to impeach him, sort of fast track it. It got bumped back to you. Where does that stand? Because to me, it just takes two seconds. You look at the images of the border. It looks like a city coming through the border every day. That should be a fairly easy one. The border's not secure.
12: Right. It's wide open and they want that. I mean, they're they're fundamentally trying to change the future of the country uh, and empower Democrats forever because they think people who are coming across the border are going to vote Democrat. I mean, there's no other logical explanation for what they're doing, because whether it's the fentanyl or the human trafficking or the crime nexus that's, you know, the cartels have now connected to the gangs in America and there's uh, some proven Uh, cartel activity in cities like San Francisco. Great expose was done on that recently. But, you know, to answer the first part of your question, as long as Mayorkas is in office, I just don't see a change. Uh, But but you're right. The second half, we're investigating him in an effort to not only educate the American people, but to convince the eight or nine Republicans who have a higher standard for impeachment. And so we're putting, we've, we've done a five-phase investigation. The first phase was dereliction of duty. The second phase was cartel crime. Uh, phase three was the human cost. And we brought in, you know, fentanyl uh, mothers who had lost their children to fentanyl. And we brought in uh, uh, Border Patrol wives, spouses that their, their husbands, uh, you know, have, contemplated suicide we've got the highest rate of suicide in the border patrol ever in the history of it um, and there's just this massive human uh, cost to it we had a human trafficking expert speak as well um, and then the fourth was the financial cost and the post the New York Post did a front page article on it for us four hundred and fifty one billion dollars that's the price tag of the open border every year and now we're in waste fraud and abuse and we're actually we've got some informants we can't call them whistleblowers yet that triggers some uh, responsibilities that we have to comply to certain reporting requirements but so they're informants at this point and they're sharing the potential of some fraud and we're investigating it right now. And when can that's you give done, us a hint
2: of what that is? What what kind of fraud?
12: It has to do with the uh, NGO contracts and I'll just leave it at that for now but and the hotels that were, you know, 400 bucks a night um, we're digging in very hard on that. We've got, we've got some good testimony coming, but after all this is over, my committee will make a recommendation to impeach him. And we're trying to determine if I need to route that through the Judiciary Committee or if with this referral from the floor, if I have the authority to just do it in my committee. And if we can do it in my committee, we'll pass it, we'll get it to the floor and there'll be a vote with a lot of substantiation to uh, a need to impeach.
2: So what kind of time frame are you looking at, Congressman, for all of this? Uh, what, what potentially could be the earliest?
12: I, I think we'll finish up the, the investigation mid-December uh, and then probably January make the referral for impeachment.
1: Congressman, what, what keeps you up at 3 o'clock in the morning?
12: I think it's two things. I think it's a Hamas terrorist coming across the southern border and then uh, the cyber. You know, China is just hammering us in, in cyberspace right now. Um, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and just defending those networks is also part of We, I, I like to say that the cyber is the fourth border of the United States And uh, it's, it's not where it needs to be We're taking some action I've got a bill to create a scholarship program We're about 500,000 uh, cyber experts short in this country so we're going to create a scholarship program, much like ROTC generates military officers. We're going to generate uh, cyber experts for the federal government and um, and hopefully encourage states to do something similar.
2: Wow, that is really powerful. Keep us posted on all fronts, and thank you for all you're doing to keep our country safe uh, on so many different levels. Uh, the great chairman of the Committee of Homeland Security, Congressman Mark Green, thank you for being here on Cats and Cosby.
12: Thanks for having me. You guys have a great evening and a great Thanksgiving.
2: Great Thanksgiving, Thank you so much. The only thing I liked
1: about that interview was the price of uh, what? fentanyl went, it went down.
2: down. I said that's the only thing it that's was, went down under Biden, uh, price-wise. It was a great,
8: was a great interview. lucky really to for me. To have
2: him. Yes, he was terrific. We, and he, we got to get him back on right well, on the front lines.
1: Jimmy Petronas, I'm glad you're here from uh, Florida. Spend a lot of
5: money while you're here. We're going to spend a lot of money while we're here. Don't worry.
2: Please do, Theo hey, and Johnny. We're expecting Jonathan to spend Pataki, lots of money.
6: Thank you. Uh, great being on with you always, John. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone.
2: And we got to hear you guys because both of oh, you guys man. have.
12: Hi, I'm Theo.
2: And we got to hear Johnny. That's brother. Hi, I'm Johnny. I'm 13, and we're from Panama City, Florida.
1: Woo oh.
2: Future po- <laughs> and current podcast star. Yeah. Future and and future
10: radio you star. Know
2: what we all stand for.
10: Truth, Truth,
5: justice, and the American American way.
2: God bless America. (laughs)